And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Saturday, May 21st. Well, you asked for it and now we have finally delivered. We are so honored because we have Kathy Jones. She's the managing director, chief fixed income strategist for the Schwab Center for Financial Research. I am calling her the bell of the bond ball. She is smart. She is astute. She gives great advice. And she is very clear in why you must not bail on your bond positions. In this first part of our interview, we are talking about economic cycles and how long a possible recession could last. Here is the first part of our interview with Kathy Jones. Kathy, I looked it up. The last time you were with us was July of 2020. And boy, has the world turned over in this almost two years. So uh, what did you do to the bond market, Kathy? <laughs> well, I wish I had so much influence that I could move the bond market. But, you know, we came out, if we look back at 2020, that was really the depths of the pandemic problems and uh, the shutdown of the economy. So many questions about how we would recover, when we would recover, whether we would recover. And then, of course, things started to pick up um, and really rebound pretty rapidly late last year. And that's when uh, we started to see the Federal Reserve say, oh, you know, things are looking good. And oh, by the way, we have a lot of inflation and we're going to start hiking interest rates. So, yeah, huge change over the last uh, couple of years. 
So let's get you on the record first. Number one, did the Fed wait too long before it kind of got religion on, uh uh-oh, inflation's here to stay? Yes, in hindsight, they did. I don't particularly blame them. It was a sort of fog of war situation at the time. There were huge uncertainties and questions, a lot of things going on. So I don't blame them for it. But in hindsight, yeah, they should have started raising rates a couple of months earlier. All right. So they didn't. And here we are. We are where we are. And Kathy, we have so many people listening who own a whole bunch of bonds and bond index funds, and they are consistently asking this question, should I bail on my bonds? What is the answer? I think the answer is no. It has been a brutal couple of months in the bond market. And we saw something we don't often see, and that is like a parallel shift up in interest rates, meaning from short-term rates pretty much to 30-year bonds. All of them just went up. And that's because the Federal Reserve is starting to raise rates. But having said that, this is the stage of the game where bonds will probably start performing better because they still generate income, they still provide diversification from stocks, and now that the market has adjusted to this new rate environment, to this new Federal Reserve policy, um, chances are going forward that uh, you get more benefit from increased income from bonds to offset the price decline that we've seen. All right, so make me feel better right now about the mark-to-market that we see in our bond positions, besides the fact that, you know, listen, uh, I understand conceptually that the damage, most of the downside damage has been inflicted. What about inflation? What about the income that I'm receiving? Will it keep up with inflation? What's What's your view on that? Well, we are looking for inflation to come down uh, over the next couple of years. And that's really the point of Fed policy is to bring inflation down. That's, that's really all they're focused on now. And they have the tools to do it. It may come at a high cost to the economy. But I do think that we will see inflation coming down. But I'll also make you feel a little bit better about your bonds with just, you know, uh, two words, bonds mature. So if a price of a bond starts at 100 and it trades down to 95, when it matures, it will mature at 100 unless there's a default. So bailing out now probably doesn't make much sense uh, because you're just locking in a loss. What's your view on the difference between folks who own individual versus bond funds? I mean, so let's talk about the person who is currently in a bond fund, say, inside of my retirement account. The drop in price is probably good if you're reinvesting your dividends, right? Yes, correct. So um, let's take that theoretical bond again. So say it starts at par at 100, it drops to 95. Um, Maybe the starting yield was 2%. uh, And now the current yield on that might be closer to 3%. So if you're reinvesting, you're reinvesting at a higher rate. And over time, your average income will appreciate. So again, this is kind of the time when uh, it's hard to do, but hanging in there, as long as you have high quality bonds and you're not worried about defaults, uh, Mm. hanging in there makes sense. What about if you're already retired 
And you were like, like very excited about getting some income from this portfolio. You're not reinvesting. You need the money or you need to take a required minimum distribution. What about the person who's not reinvesting? Is that person okay right now? Or is there some change that that investor should make? Well, I think the investor's okay. Um, there's an opportunity, though, here for someone who is really just focused on earning income. So it may make sense to rearrange your portfolio to capture some of that higher income. You know, and, and again, it really just depends on what bonds we're talking about and, and the individual's um, circumstances. But it could make sense to shift around the portfolio a little bit to capture that higher income stream. I mean, right now we're looking at municipal bond yield that we haven't seen in many, many years, very attractive for our higher income folks. Mm. Especially if you live in a high tax state like a New York or a California where, you know, that could be really interesting. What is your view on the folks who are now almost like reacting to what has already happened? So we're at 40 year highs in the inflation rate near. And now all of a sudden I'm getting people who are like, should I buy tips? Should they? Well, you know, tips have pretty much discounted a lot, I think, of what's going to happen. Tips are attractive when inflation is low. Um, They're always, I think, a reasonable part of an allocation. I wouldn't, though, jump into tips at this stage of the game versus other bonds because they've already kind of priced in what's happening here. So uh, you would probably need to see kind of accelerating inflation from here for tips to do better than, say, just a a normal treasury bond. So uh, we still like having some allocation because it is good always to have that inflation hedge in a portfolio, but I wouldn't be increasing it right now. I feel like a lot of times when everything sort of feels like, oh, everything's fine, even though this was not a fine time in the world, like the COVID era was super scary. But because yields fell so low that every global a central bank dropped their interest rates to essentially zero and yields fell. It was at that moment that so many people started reaching for risk. So when is it a time that you think it's worth taking the risk of a higher yield or a junk bond? Meaning that what is an investor to look at as some of the the signs on the horizon that maybe it is time to dip your toe in the water of the scary stuff? Yeah, when it comes to the junk bonds or the high yield bonds right now, um, this doesn't seem like an opportune moment. So we usually look at it. uh, It does well earlier in the cycle as we're coming into um, a growth spurt. So these are smaller companies, generally weaker balance sheets, maybe um, not great cash flow, maybe negative cash flow. They're very growth oriented. And so you want to think about junk bonds when those yields are high relative to, say, treasuries, and we're coming into a growthy kind of economic environment, uh, that's when taking more risk makes sense. You know, we're on the we're in kind of the late stages of the cycle now where the Fed is tightening. We're looking at a slowdown and the extra yield you get versus treasuries is it's moved up, but it's not huge and uh, by historical standards. So um, I think you want to look at it along with the economic cycle or the business cycle, much as you would look at, say, a small cap stock. 
Okay, so now if you're talking to a lot of the people who are listening who are really, they're freaked out, okay? They're definitely freaked out. I get it. What is it that that those folks need to know about economic cycles? I mean, you keep mentioning that. There are cycles. We do go into recessions. We go into growth periods. How long does, you know, a run-of-the-mill recession, which is maybe caused by higher interest rates or inflation, how long do you think that that could last? Um, You know, every recession is a little bit different. I like to, if you're familiar with uh, Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, he starts it with, uh, with us, the, you know, all happy families are the same, but unhappy families are you know, unhappy in different ways. I'm paraphrasing. And yep. I, I feel that way about recessions. They're out of the ordinary, and each one of them is a little bit different. But they tend to be relatively short in duration, maybe a year or so. And I think the kind that we may be going into, if, if we do end up in recession, will be very similar to the kind of recessions we saw in the early 80s that were due to, you know, really tight monetary policy. If you remember the Paul Volcker era when he had to raise interest rates a lot to fight inflation, we went into two very sharp double dip recessions in the early 80s. But once that inflation came down, you know, things started to improve. So if I were to try to map out what might happen this time around with the recession, I think it would be pretty sharp, uh, but it probably wouldn't last that long. Tell me a little bit about what you think is kind of the likeliest scenario for not just bonds, but coming out of this, what you think the economic cycle could look like in the next iteration. Well, I'm relatively optimistic, um, and the reason is that uh, the underlying fundamentals for the economy are really pretty good. Um, you know, the consumer is not over leveraged, overburdened, as say in 2008 when we went into the financial crisis. You know, the, the housing situation really damaged a lot of people's um, wealth and balance sheets. And so the recovery was very slow. And then we had a damaged financial system, banking system on top of it. So we had a really long, slow, prolonged recovery. This is very different. The banks are in good shape. They're well capitalized. Uh, most consumer indicators are still okay in terms of you know their debt levels relative to income. We still have a healthy job market. People have built up some savings. So I think once we're through this period of high inflation, um, the rebound could be you know a pretty healthy rebound. I see no reason why we wouldn't go back to you know, a pretty healthy economy. Do you think the labor shortage that so many, say, like in the leisure and hospitality or retail sectors are feeling, do you think that that could be contributing to some of the the wage pressure and some of the earnings misses that we're seeing? Do you think that that will reverse itself if we do go into a recession? Well, I don't know that it would reverse. I mean, you know, so typically what happens, right, if you go into recession, unemployment rises, I would expect that to happen, and wage growth tends to slow down. Um, but below the surface, you know, that's kind of an aggregate reading, below the surface, there are going to be industries that probably still will need to attract workers, while other industries will have too many workers. And so there's this resetting of the job market 
that happens. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping people can hold on to their raises, frankly. Uh, you know, it was, mm. you know, we had a long stretch when people's earnings were way under, you know, the productivity growth in the economy. And now they seem to be catching up a bit. We don't want accelerating wages to fuel more inflation. But I'm hoping that we get a redistributed job market where, you know, higher wages attract people to certain industries where there's still shortages. And then probably you'll see a slowdown in wage growth in other industries that have been, you know, kind of sailing for a while and uh, will have to rebalance. Okay, we'll have part two with Kathy Jones tomorrow. But if you've got a question about your bond position, you're wondering what you should be doing if a recession could come. How can you protect yourself? We'd love to hear from you. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. And don't forget to let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. That way, Mark will do all the work and we'll talk it through. Okay, while you're on the website, don't forget you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter and check out all the content that we create every single day. Do me a favor for today and every other day, I'm going to remind you please do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.